the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You might occasionally detect, if you uh, watch or listen to this show on a regular basis, occasionally, (coughs) Mm -hmm. uh, that um, some of us have seen parts of different Star Wars movies. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I've ever seen a full one all the way through. You know, it's hard to hold my interest for two hours. Yeah, that's a... Because uh, <laughs> it could be that we reference it all I've the time. Always got to be busy working out, oh. and you know oh, that kind of thing. Yeah, it gets yeah, in the usually, way of the gym. What do you yeah. think about that, Jeffy? I mean, goes without saying. I mean, obviously, if if it's on at the gym or something, and they've put in Star Wars, and sometimes I might they look do. They have and, a Star Wars thing. And see it weekends. between reps, but uh, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> they have Star Wars themed weekends at my gym. I mean, I, I, maybe Pat goes to the same gym I do. That's possible. I think that's McDonald's, Jeffy. They have. <laughs> they that, do have the kids' little a, uh, area, though. Yeah, that's not a gym, them. though. That's yeah. that's a playground. <laughs> anyway, uh, Stephen Kent is with us sure from the Washington Examiner. Uh, Stephen, uh, who I don't know, may be as obsessed with Star Wars as we are, <laughs> if not a little more so. He is the host of the Beltway Banthas podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, He's a little more obsessed than yeah. we are. But we appreciate yeah. that perspective. Uh, welcome to the program, Steven. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm a big fan of your show, and uh, y'all are terrible liars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you wrote a really cool piece in the Washington Examiner about uh, sort of the way that Star Wars has kind of traced the real world of politics that we kind of deal with on an everyday basis. Um, can you kind of walk us through this, this timeline? Because it's, it's, it's a really cool point, and it leads to something that I find incredibly disturbing that we'll get to in a moment. Sure. So Star Wars has always been and it will always be political. Uh, you can't really take out the context of the world in which a movie or a book or any piece of art is made uh, from the piece itself. And the story of the 70s and the 80s, for the most part, uh, was America's role in the world. It was post-Vietnam and it was the Cold War. That was the conversation. And that sort of leaked into the earlier uh, original trilogy movies in a various mm. different ways. And then in the mm. 2000s with the prequels, you had the war on terror and the slippery slope of war. And we were talking about uh, how democracies fall apart, executive power, all those sorts of themes that were in those movies and were in politics at the time. And today, uh, the politics of the time, the conversation is driven by the divide, the massive uh, gulf between people in this country and really around the world um, in various different societies and in politics. Uh, We're very divided. And Star Wars is looking like it's going to be moving in that direction in terms of their commentary and their story with The Last Jedi. I saw this in the trailer 
trailer that they aired about two or three weeks ago. And I wrote up in the Washington Examiner for, uh, for Young Voices and Beltway Banthas about that piece. What was it about the uh, trailer that caught your eye and, and made you believe that this, that's the case? The Jedi must end, says Luke Skywalker. Um, mm. At the end of that trailer, uh, who would expect Luke Skywalker, the hero of the original Star Wars movies, to declare that the Jedi Order must no longer be a thing and that Rey, his, uh, his presumed pupil, is not searching just for the light but the dark but also the balance of the Force? Um, mm. In the prequel trilogy, mm. we heard this sort of offhand thing about a... A, a prophecy of someone who would bring balance to the Force. It was largely presumed to be Anakin Skywalker who became Darth Vader. And that didn't really work out, and the Jedi were never really committed to a balance. They were just committed to destroying the dark side. And so what we have hmm. now is a scenario where they might actually be looking for a gray area between these two gulfs. Hmm. And we should be asking ourselves wow. why. What does that say about our culture? And also, what does that say about the characters in Star Wars and what they're going through today. I mean, and those are really important and interesting questions as you kind of see how it's reflected in, you know, real life is reflected in, in the Star Wars story. However, I'm a little nervous just from a fan perspective that we're going to go, we're trying to find gray areas between, you know, the Empire, uh, you know, the light and the dark. It's like this is, it's, there shouldn't be a gray area. It's Star Wars. Like that is... You know, it's the ultimate battle yeah. there. And I, if they start, you know, if they start, you know, if we get like a no, uh, what was it, no labels version of some party in, in Star sure. Wars, I'm going to go crazy. Oh, yeah, that's going to suck. Yeah, and I think that they're moving in a direction where you're going to see that. Um, mm. A lot of the extra materials, like the books and the TV shows, are really hinting towards a pursuit of a new kind of Force user that uses the light and the dark and understands a true balance. And I think it's cool as a Star Wars fan because I think... The, the white robes versus the black robes can only go so far. They cannot keep this thing going forever, so we need something else. And I don't think the Force is as simple as black and white. But as fans and as, as commenters of the news and viewers of cultural events, like we see that having good and evil is important. And Star Wars is appealing for that exact purpose. If you want moral relativism, look to, look to Star Trek. Um, mm. Star Wars gives us something that's a lot more simple, and I think it's appealing to people on a very visceral level. I'm concerned. If John Kasich is making an appearance in this film, I will, I will be very upset. I just want to make sure that that is out there. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, he might actually be Supreme Leader Snow. <laughs> it's interesting because you bring up Star Trek, and you may also know that Pat is America's biggest Star Trek geek. Um, <laughs> I... I I tend to disagree with that. But, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, well, at least you, you do. You do appreciate it. As I do. Well. I do like Star Trek. Yeah. Is that is that true? The moral relativism versus oh, black versus black and time. white. Really? Yeah. yeah, I'd say big time. Um, Gene Roddenberry, the creator, just a well-known atheist and, and relativist guy, and everything you see is about that uh, perfection of the human race thing. Like, Earth is now a paradise. Mm. Because they've eliminated religion, nobody believes in God anymore. They've eliminated currency, we don't even need that anymore. And, and so, yeah, you get all that uh, progressive mix into Star Trek, which drives me out of my mind. Out of my mind. And, and we haven't had to put up with that in Star Wars, but you think maybe that's coming, Stephen? I, I do. Um, there's a lot of evidence showing that mm. 
the idea of a gray force user, which used to exist in the 90s in some of the old books, is going to be put into this movie. Luke is done with this pendulum swinging between uh, the Sith and the Jedi. And we should be asking ourselves as fans, you know, what good has the Sith versus the Jedi thing done for the people in that universe, that galaxy? They're constantly in turmoil, pain, and suffering under one regime or another. And so there might be some merit to the idea that the Force and the people who use it have really gotten out of control with their with their battle. Mm. It's, it's really a holy war of sorts. You've got two religious cults battling over people's hearts and minds, and they build empires and regimes um, to enact those ideas. So you're and actually what, saying it's a good thing if, if this happens. I think, it's, I think it's good for the people in Star Wars. I think it's okay. going to be questionable for us as viewers and as a society where we should be, in my view, focused on what does good mean, what does evil mean, because Reagan's evil empire speech would not have been nearly as interesting if he had been a moral, <laughs> a moral relativist and wanted to sure. explain why maybe we misunderstand uh, the Soviet <laughs> Union. Um, both, both stances in politics <laughs> matters, and I think Star Wars has been important for that. And it's also just made that franchise so successful because it is so easy to understand and talk about. Let me give you one more tie to uh, to today's politics from Star Wars that I've noticed. The the uh, the I guess it was the eighth one, right? Where they uh, the, it's the seventh one where they yeah. they had the the hey we had built a Death Star now we have a much bigger Death Star that blows up a lot more stuff, right? But in there and and in, and and they did this in Rogue One in particular, uh, where they sort of. Um, excused a previous plot hole, right? To me, again, and you're more, you're more, you're gonna, you might disagree with this analysis, but let me at least put it out there. In the, everyone's joke for a zillion years was why didn't they just patch up this hole <laughs> that they, that Luke was able to fire, you know, to fire into it and blow up the Death Star. Like, why mm-hmm. didn't they just, I don't know, put a board over it or something <laughs> so that it was not easy to blow up. And then in Rogue One, you find out that they, they, and, and they could say it was planned. Maybe you might know better than I do. But like to me, it felt like a really smart way to deal with something they sh- they should have probably dealt with at the time. And retroactively said there was someone on the inside who left this open so that it could on be purpose. destroyed. Right? It was on purpose. Yeah. And it was a great retroactive it was um, a fix. A, a fix for, for a, a previous hole. mistake. That's Donald Trump. He does that all the time. Every single time he blurts out, well, Andrew Jackson was, uh, he really didn't like that Civil War. He was born 15 years later. Well, he saw it coming. That's what I was saying. He saw it coming. He's got every single time he says something, he retroactively goes That's, back. That is true. Am I imagining a tie there or is it uh, <laughs> potentially true? Well, I would never want to tie George Lucas and some of his writing together with Donald Trump's uh, missteps and rhetorical failures. <laughs> Um, but it is it is absolutely true that George Lucas, um, as brilliant as he is, left a whole lot of stuff that needed to be fixed and a he whole did. lot of uh, half-pursued plot lines. I love what they did with Rogue One and making you know, the, the flaw in the Death Star, a, a, um, a purposeful move by good people who are trapped in conscription service to the Empire. That makes sense from yeah, a story yeah. point of view. Um, it works. So I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Steven, just one more question since we're about out of time here. Um, yeah. Being such a Star Wars fan, do you live in your parents' basement? I do not live okay. in my parents' basement. All right. And you have Absolutely. kissed a girl. You've kissed a girl? Yeah, married for six okay. years. Wow, nice work. <laughs> okay, well, nice father, the answer father, is yes. father of one. I did move nice. on. I, I'm not part of the millennial problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any plans on uh, returning home to your parents' home soon? Uh, 
Moving back in? It's a lot, no, it's no. A lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. Wow. Hey, uh, real quick, tell us where to get, where to get, get the podcast and, and, and where to find your work. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow the Beltway Banthas podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can just search up at Beltway Banthas on Twitter. And you can uh, also find my work at Young Voices, where I'm a spokesperson. Uh, and we work with libertarian and conservative uh, young people to get placed on news, television, and in other media. Mm, well, awesome. worked. Uh, look at that. That's great. Uh, thanks so much, Stephen Kent. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, that was really hey, a lot, thanks, lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, you bet. Thank you. With you. We'll have you back. <laughs> and also with you. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951.